ushers can continue. All right, so we are in a series right now called Family Matters, and it's important. We're going to talk about some specific keystone habits, keystone habits that will make your family, particularly your marriage, better. And these aren't super complex things, but these are things that we find in the Bible, particularly with Jesus and Paul and some of the different areas that we've been, some of the different things that we have talked about. Now, in order to get this started today, I don't know if you recognize it or not, but when you get married or when you start a relationship with somebody, you actually hand them a box. And that box is full of your hopes, dreams, and desires. That's what it's full of. You have a vision on how you want your life to be. Maybe you didn't say it like that. Maybe you never thought of it that way. But you have a specific way that you want your life to play out. And I guarantee I could grab anybody right now, especially if you're not married or you're about to be married, that if I was to ask you, you would have a vision of how you want it to go. You have an idea of what you want it to look like. And you end up handing that box to your spouse. Now, your spouse, it doesn't feel like that. That box is a lot heavier for them than it is for you. And when you hand them that box, it actually feels more like expectations. For you, it's hopes, dreams, and desires. But for them, it's nothing but expectation and nothing but what you want them to do, the ideal situation. And again, we don't always recognize it, but it's true. I bet that if you unpacked it, you had a way that you wanted finances to be handled in your marriage. Either you did before you got married or you do now. You have an expectation on how you guys are going to talk to one another. You have an expectation on how you're going to raise your kids. You have an expectation on the way that you're going to handle chores inside of the house. Who's responsible for what? Who gets up with the kid in the middle of the night? Who, who gets up early to get them ready for school? Who does this? Who does? You have expectations, right, that you set out that's just part of who you are. And it's part of what you believe a relationship should look like. You have your own individual hopes, dreams, and desires too. You want to be able to go fishing every single Saturday morning for the rest of your life. Somebody say amen. Yeah. Your wife doesn't want you to do that, okay? Because when you set that, this is my hope, dream, and desire, baby, and then all of a sudden that's an expectation that she doesn't like. And the truth is, is that we bring these all the time in our relationships, particularly all of our relationships, but it's compounded and it's exponentially more weighty in our marriages. So we're going to talk about how to handle that box. What do we do with it? What's the best way to move forward? Because I mean, no matter what, we have them. And some of your greatest fights, some of your greatest fights may have been because your box didn't match theirs. You wanted them to get up in the middle of the night with the baby. He ain't getting up in the middle of the night with the baby. You expect him to be the one to take the trash out, but he ain't taking the trash out. You want, you know, you expect her to be the one to get up with the kids in the morning, but she's not, right? Like you have these expectations and they're not being met. So the question is, how do we handle that? What do we do? Because it's just natural. It's what happens when two lives join together. What do we do next? So again, in this series, we're talking about keystone habits. The first one that we talked about was being centered on God. Having God is number one, God the number one thing in your life, and then the second thing is your spouse, not your kids. And all the kids, I hated that message, Pastor. Well, I'm sorry. Sorry, but I had a riot on youth group that weekend, but I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. 
They remember the first week we learned that God is the center of our life because if we revolve our life around anything else that's not stable and eternal, it becomes a problem. That when it shakes, we don't have anything kind of holding us together. And we talked about it from a solar system perspective with the sun being in the middle. And then last week we talked specifically about what is love and believing the best even when it may not always feel like they mean the best. Believing the best. Remember we believe that it says love believes all things is what we learned last week and how important it is that we do that. And this week is, is, is fun, another fundamental. These are keystone habits. These are if you're able to apply even one, your marriage or your relationship is going to be better. It just is. And if you can apply all of these that we're going to cover, it will be exponentially better. And I'm speaking from 10 years of experience with my wife on, how, on not applying any of these biblical principles, these godly principles, these Jesus Christ-like principles, and then applying them and how much of a difference it makes. So, are you ready for this week? Are you ready? All right. Here we go. Ephesians chapter 5. This is a secret. This is the secret. Wives, submit to your husbands as you do to the Lord. No amens? You men, shut your mouth. Don't say a thing. Okay? Silence. Here, he's not done. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which we are the savior, of which he is the savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, also wives should submit to your husbands. Look up here, guys. Don't say anything. This is not an amen moment. How many of you guys grew up in a church like that? Don't raise your hand. How many of you guys have experienced that before? And I mean, the minute I started speaking that verse, some of you guys or some of you ladies about ready to get up and walk out. Maybe you about to throw a chair at the pastor. Don't do that. I got quick reflexes, okay? I'm going to get out the way. Then you're going to hit our nice stuff. Don't do that. Right? But how many of you guys, just, just the minute I started saying it, you were like, oh gosh, why did I bring mom today? This is the worst day, Dad. Come on. Right? Like, I mean, we have that. That's the reality of what this, these verses just kind of feel uncomfortable. But here is the problem, is that we miss so much. If you just get this verse, if you just get this verse in the context that it is, it seems harsh. If you just get this verse and that's all you get, then it seems, I don't know, toxic masculinity maybe. You've got a word for it. It seems frustrating and angering. And maybe you grew up in a church where you're like, no, this seems fine. I'm fine. I don't have any problem with this. But maybe in your experience, you're like, no, that doesn't feel right at all. And if you just get this verse, you miss the entire point. Because what Paul says before lays the groundwork for what he said in this verse. It's fundamental to your relationships, to your marriage, and it is fundamental to handling and understanding this verse. This is the verse he said before. And again, that verse has been used and abused to devalue women. And if you just start at that verse, you're like, oh, man, dude, no wonder. How do you guys believe the Bible? What Paul says before brings it full circle. In Ephesians 5.21, the verse immediately before he lays the groundwork, before he even gets started, he says, speaking to both people, husbands and wives, he says, submit to one another out of reverence. 
for Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And right here, and this is why it is just so amazing, Paul puts women on the same level as men. In a society where they weren't allowed to be, where they weren't supposed to be. And right away, Paul says, no, 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 that's not how Christians are going to act. Yeah, I know what the Greeks do. I know what the Romans do. I I understand all of that. However, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Because back in these days, Women weren't taught to read and to write. They couldn't be politicians. They, uh, they had to stay at home and just work in the family. The Jewish leaders so much treated them like property that they distorted the, the divorce laws. So they could just come up to a woman and say, you know what, I don't want to deal with my wife anymore. She got mad at me when I didn't take the trash out. So I'm just going to go ahead and say, um, I divorce you, and I'm going to tell her three times, make sure I write it down and give it to her three days in advance, and then I'm gone. I don't have to worry about anything else which was a huge problem when she wasn't the one that ever worked. And it was like, that's how the families worked together. In the, in the Greek world, divorce wasn't even really an option because men could bring in concubines into the relationship. And, and so it wasn't a big deal. If you didn't like one wife, you added another. Now that sounds incredibly difficult to me, okay? I can barely handle the one I got, and she's amazing, but I don't want to add any, any more complexities to, to this thing. And and they were treated like property, almost like they were slaves. And then here comes the Apostle Paul preaching the gospel of Christ. And when he comes into the family dynamic and they say, Paul, what should we do about the family dynamic? Like, what do we do? How does this work? Paul immediately says, okay, check it out. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. He sits back and he says, look here. It is just not going to work the way that you guys have taken it in the past. The way that it's happened, it's not going to work. The way the Greeks do it, that's not how Christians are going to do it. The way the Hebrews have done it and the Jews, that's not how we're going to do it. The way the Romans do it, that's not how we're going to do it. We are going to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And then the temperature in the room changed. Because when he did that, that changed the entire view of the way Christianity was going to evolve. It changed the entire view, which makes so much more sense on what he says next. So, this is fundamental. He told the husbands that they were to submit to their wives out of reverence for Christ. He said, if you men are going to follow Jesus, then you need to submit to your wife out of reverence for Christ. And all the ladies are like, that's right. They're all, yeah, (laughs) they're all leaning over now looking at their husbands like, you hear this? This guy's on fire today. He's preaching good. Go ahead, preach. Keep going, right? Like, but that's the truth. The apostle steps in and he says, look, the way the culture's done, it's not the way we're going to do it. That's not how it works. You guys are on equal footing. And if a relationship is going to work the way it's supposed to, the apostle says, then you've got to mutually submit to one another. The key for what we're learning today is mutual submission. Mutual submission. And now, submission is not really, you know, people's favorite word, okay? Because, you know, you don't want to submit to somebody, right? I mean, I I I have the pleasure of training at a dojo, and when I submit to somebody, that's not good because they're about to break my arm. So I don't want to submit to somebody. 
right? Or they're choking me out. I don't want to submit. And right away, a lot of us go, hold on there, pastor. I don't want to submit to anybody. I'm not interested in submitting, right? I want to work with, which is normally we sit back and we go, yeah, of course, absolutely. We want to work with. But how can you work with when you're constantly trying to get on top of and set the rules and set the expectations? It just doesn't work. And the apostle says that the way that this goes forward is mutual submission. You know how this works? This works by having the other person's best interests at heart. This is how this works. And if your husband has your best interests at heart, everything will be okay. And if you have his best interests at heart, everything will be okay. You are mutually submitting to one another consistently. And I'm telling you from experience, my marriage was an absolute and total wreck when I was in the Marine Corps until I heard Pastor Mike up at New Life preach a message about this from this passage where he explained this, and it changed our marriage. Because I looked, instead of starting to see how I could get my way and what I wanted out of the situation, I flipped it and I decided to start saying, and she did too, hey, how can I serve you? How can I help whatever you got going on happen? How can I love you in such a way that that you are lifted up? That I don't have to be lifted up. I don't have to be the center of attention. What I want is not the main thing. But instead of me putting what I want as the main thing, maybe I put what you want is the main thing. And if both parties do that, oh my goodness. The marriage hits an entirely different place. It's a you first ethic. And I got to tell you, it's not fun to do for the first week. Because then that means you're going to have to, hold on there, gentlemen, means you're going to have to get up with the kids in the middle of the night. <gasps> but that also means that maybe she's going to have to do some things that, you know, maybe she's got to take care of some stuff in the house that you, don't, that you guys have been working stuff out. You know, that means that you, it's not going to be fun. It's not going to be easy right out the gate, but it means that you've got to change your perspective on things. And instead of making it a me-first relationship, it's going to go to a you-first relationship. And if you shift the view from me to you, your marriage will change. It was truly, truly groundbreaking the first time that we experienced this. Now, given that, what the Apostle says makes so much more sense. So let's read that verse that we started with again. Now the temperature in the room has lowered. He says, after, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, which almost, out of reverence, is almost like a fear, recognition, uh, understanding. It's like, hey, if you follow Jesus, this isn't an option. If you're not a Jesus follower, this isn't for you. You don't have to do this. I just suggest you do because it's super beneficial, and I can tell you from experience, and I can give you a couple people I can bring up here that would probably give you a pretty good idea. But if you're not a Jesus follower, this isn't for you. But if you're a Jesus follower, it's almost like you don't have the option. You've got to kind of figure this out. So he says, this is what he says after that. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And then he says, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. He's explaining it more. He says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Let me explain. Wives, submit to yourselves to your husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, which is true in that culture. Everything he's saying is true in that culture. 
as Christ is the head of the church, his body in which he is the Savior. And that was just the way families worked then. But he doesn't leave the men out of it. Okay, y'all thought you were going to get out of here easy today. You ain't going to get out of here easy. This is what he says next. And this is why this is important. Because it communicates respect. It just communicates the Apostle Paul simply saying, ladies, respect your husband. He needs it. He won't say it. He won't acknowledge it. Right, because we're prideful and we say we don't need it and everything, but we need it. That's what the apostle's trying to say here. Respect your husband. But then he gets the husbands and he kind of ties them up. He goes, okay, husbands, husbands. And all they're like, wait a second, you ain't supposed to instruct us. You tell the ladies what to do. You just told them to submit to us. We ain't interested in what's going next. And Paul says, no, 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 lean in. I got something to tell you. Husbands, love your wives. Well, of course, pastor. I'm going to love my wife, absolutely. Just as Christ loved the church, that's different. That's a different type of love. Just as Christ loved the church, and the next phrase should make you uncomfortable if you are a gentleman. And he gave himself up for her. Make her holy, cleansing her by washing through the water of the word and present her to himself as a radiant church and ecclesia without stain, wrinkle, or any blemish, but holy and blameless. Paul's using an illustration here to explain the command. He says, look, ladies, you got to love and respect your husband. Husbands, you got to love your wives. And if it was that simple and you got out of it that easy, that ain't that difficult. But then he looks and he says, just as Christ loved the church. Oh, and by the way, Christ died for the church? So then maybe you need to live your life to where you're willing to die for your wife. (gasps) Brandon, that's not what I want to hear in American culture. Well, I'm sorry, but this is what it says. And I'm sorry, but this is kind of what really, really works. And the apostle sits back and says, hold on a second. This is what it means. That you love your wife to the point of you are willing to give it up all for her. And so anytime you read this, men, and you think that it's a power play, (laughs) I can encourage you to keep reading. Because it's not. The apostle puts both parties on the same level. And then after that, he looks at the men and he says, you should be willing to give yourself up for your wife at any, any point. And that just makes all of us gentlemen uncomfortable sometimes, doesn't it? Because what he's really saying is you got to put her needs first. Because this is just the truth of it. Most of the time, ladies, you guys are willing to put our needs first. In fact, sometimes you spend most of your time putting our needs first. Putting your needs last. Putting our needs first, putting the kids' needs first. Am I getting too real for you guys? This is just the way it is. But for men, on the other hand, we don't always do that. We don't always feel comfortable doing that. And this is what the apostle is fighting and arguing against. That that is not how a Christian relationship or marriage is supposed to work. It's mutually submissive. It's not a you do for me, it's a how can I do for you. And if both parties do it, like I said, it changes the entire, entire dynamic. And that is what marked the Christian church from the beginning. 
And this ethic is supposed to govern Christian households all over the place. And again, even if you're not a Christian, even if you're not a Christian, you're not sure you believe all this Christ stuff, you're not sure you believe the Bible, you're not there yet, I totally understand. You don't, you know, maybe this isn't for you, but I, I just want to encourage you, just give it a shot. Just start putting your wife's needs above your own. Just start putting your husband's needs above your own. See if it doesn't start to change your relationship a little bit. Because if both of you are caring for each other with such fervor to the point where you're placing his needs and her needs above your own, that changes everything. That is exactly why Paul said it. In fact, Christian marriage should be a submission competition. It should literally be you first, no you first, no you first, no you first. Now this is not the conversation that needs to happen in the car about where we're going to eat. Okay, This doesn't apply to that. Because y'all drive people crazy with that, right? Where do you want to eat? I don't know, babe, wherever you want to eat. Where do you want to eat? I don't know. Where do you want to eat, right? Not like that, okay? That's not Christian submission in a household, okay? But I mean real submission. Putting her needs or his needs above yours. And their wants and desires above yours. And all of a sudden when you do that, that box that felt like expectations doesn't feel like that anymore. It just doesn't feel like that. It changes the way that it feels. And here is the most uncomfortable thing. It takes work. It's got to happen consistently. Happening once doesn't matter. Cool. You did it on Mother's Day. You've got to keep doing it. You did it on Father's Day. Great. But you have to continue to do it. And again, when both parties are doing it, it's groundbreaking and it's Amazing. And that's exactly what the Apostle Paul is trying to say here. It's a conscious decision every day. Let me help you out. For the men, let me ask you, just what is important to you? This is the question you have to ask men that you have to answer. What is important to you? Is it hunting? Is it fishing? Is it your career, your job, your leadership in your business? Right? Is it football? Is it hockey? Is it jujitsu? Is it wrestling? Like what's important to you? Is, is it your career that you got to move up the ladder as quick as possible? Like, what is important to you? And whenever you answer that question, okay, I even encourage you, if you're so bold, write it out and put everything out and say, okay, these are, these are things that are important to me. Put her before that. That's it. Just list out the things that are important to you, the things that you care about, you know, what is, this, what is so important to you. That if somebody took it away, you'd be like, oh, I just feel like I wouldn't feel like I got purpose. I wouldn't feel like I mattered. I wouldn't feel, oh, it would just be terrible. Okay, well, write that out and then start putting her before that. Whatever it is. Whatever that is for you. And that's going to mean that maybe you need to start taking a couple days off at the old job and stop saving up all those leave days. Maybe that means you got to start planning a little bit of extra time for a date night. Maybe that means you got to look at your buddies and say, no, guys, I can't go out on the river. I can't go out hunting. I can't, you know, no, i got to spend some time with her. I haven't spent any time with her this week. I got, she really cares about it. It's really important to her that I, I show up. I do it. Maybe it means you got to say no to some of the hobbies you're doing, you know. Maybe you got to take some time out of the flag football league, or maybe you got to take some time out of the softball league for a little bit. You know, not all the time, but maybe just a little bit. And start putting her before that, whatever that is. Ladies, same question. What's important to you? What's important to you? What, what is it? Is it being a mother? Is it, is it uh, 
Maybe for you it is still fishing and hunting. Maybe for you it's, it's, it's your singing. Maybe you just really, really love to sing. Maybe for you it's something totally different. Maybe it's, it's working out. Maybe it's, it's running. Maybe it's your career. Maybe it's the way that you, this idealistic view you want to raise your kids. Maybe it's getting, you know, something in your family a particular way. What's important to you? And then whatever it is, put him before that. And I challenge you this week at some point to just write it down. I dare you, write down the top three things that you just enjoy that are important to you. That's important to you. That if it feels like if somebody takes it away, you're going to lose a piece of yourself. And then I want you to put your wife or your husband before that. And when you begin to live that way, it truly begins to change your marriage. And it's not easy. You're going to get it wrong. That's okay. Get it wrong once, don't get it wrong twice in a row. Right? Set a habit, keep working, get after it. That's going to happen. And it's okay. You just have to, remember, you're changing the way. These are keystone habits. That means you're changing the way you're behaving. You're changing your behavior in order to make your marriage better. And in order for that to happen, you have to work for it. So I encourage you, write it down. The way forward is so uncomfortable. And you're going to push back, and you're going to want to dig your heels in, and you're going to want to say, not that, not this, not doing that, no sir, no ma'am. You're going to want to dig your heels in and just kind of set some hard boundaries. But I encourage you not to do. I encourage you to take an approach of you first. Take an approach, gentlemen, of looking at her and saying, how can I best support you? How can I best love you? How can I best lift you up? How can I put you first? Ladies, I encourage you to look at your husbands and say the same thing. How can I put you first? How can I respect you? How can I love you? What can I do to make you feel valued in our family? And then you'll begin to handle that box a little bit better. Because hopes, dreams, and desires will change. Because what you're going to hand them will be different. It won't feel so much like expectations. It'll feel just a little bit different. So I encourage you, this week, I implore you, just try it. Just try it for a week. Try it for a week. Do the little exercise I mentioned. Just go home, get a piece of paper. Write it out. Write down your top three things. And then on that list, physically write your husband's name or your wife's name above the top three. Try it. And then live that way for a week. Live that way for a week. And you go, but Brandon, that means I won't be able to do any of the stuff I care about. Well, I mean, you, you probably will because if you're having that attitude and they're having that attitude, then you guys will meet somewhere in the middle. You guys will start working together, caring for one another in the way that it was meant to happen. So, put her first. Put him first. I mean, what do you have to lose? What do you have to lose? On one hand, you may end up losing your marriage eventually if you don't put them first and put them before whatever's most important to you, whether that's a career or something else. Come on. Imagine 
how marriages would be. Imagine how different your life would be if you, or if your parents, put each other first. Imagine how different it would be. Imagine how different your marriage would be right now if he always put you first. If she always put you first. If you submitted to one another out of reverence for Christ. I mean, imagine how different your marriage or relationship would look. And listen, you can do it. It seems pie in the sky. It seems perfect. It seems totally ideal. It just seems totally like, I can't even do that. You can do it. Just one step at a time. Figure out what's most important. Put him before that. Put her before that. And you'll begin to see your marriage improve. So with that, let's pray.